It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. And at my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, and then some. The craziest sports summer we've ever had. It's simple make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your sports intuition, people. Select from hundreds of futures bets. You can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big old brain of yours to good use and use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, Notorious J.A.Y. is free from behind the paywall, but he's going to issue a pre-buttle to tomorrow's interview with Jason Whitlock. Only for subscribers. I've got your feedback on the merits of acupuncture. Some good and more of it, well, you know. And we had bubble basketball on Wednesday. We got opening day today. The agonizing 132-day wait is over. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Wednesday, July 23rd, 2020. Thank you for joining me. We are finally home. Like Andy Dufresne at the end of Shawshank Redemption, where he has crawled through a tunnel of shit a mile long to break out of Shawshank prison. He stands, eyes up to the sun, shirtless, as a pouring rain washes over him. I feel that way right now. When it comes to sports coming back, and I know MMA and racing and Premier League and PGA Tour and this and that, but the big three are coming with the big four. Football, not far behind, I believe. So glorious day on this Thursday as baseball starts. Nationals and Yankees followed by the Giants and the Dodgers. Doubleheader on ESPN. No fans. But piped-in noise and real American baseball. Hell, just seeing the bubble basketball today was kind of cool. I kind of got a little bit giddy about it. I don't know what it was. It was just the fact that we'd gone so long, and I'm like, all right, there it is, real basketball. Players not afraid to sweat on each other or breathe on each other. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And yeah, football is still, the NFL is slow walking up towards what's going to be a pretty brutal fight over money, but they're going to get it done. Think of this. Here's why I know football, at least the NFL. I'll put college aside for now. Here's why I know the NFL is going to play. What are they going to do otherwise? They're going to sit there and stare at the lint in their belly buttons for four months And then just watch a huge pile of money burn? No. And you would have to think, if you're looking at the epidemic curves, both in the country and even in the hotspot states, you would have to think that this little uptick 
currently in some of the hotspot states, Arizona, Texas, California, Florida, Georgia, et cetera, you would have to think that in three months, two months, August, September, if you if you're going to cancel the season, then you're betting on those curves getting radically worse than they are now. And that's not going to happen. I'm confident in saying that that is not going to happen. They're already showing downward signs, but you would have to bet it's going to get a whole lot worse. Anyone who's smart has looked at this thing and said, you know what? The growth was never truly exponential and it's not going to be exponential. There will be flare-ups. There will be hot spots. There will be waves and ripples, but they can be managed and they will. The NFL is not going to sit there and go, oh, okay, we'll just sit around the next year. Got all this Super Bowl merchandise we're not going to use. Not going to happen. All right, before we get into it with Jay, tomorrow on this podcast, Jason Whitlock interviewed him earlier in the week. And Jay wants a pre-buttle. That's right, a pre-buttle. Not a rebuttal, but a pre-buttle because you won't hear Whitlock until tomorrow unless you're a subscriber. And Jay is going to be on tonight. Uh, there is a bite that Jay is going to talk about uh, with Whitlock. And he's going to bring up his own point in the form of a Roy Wood Jr. stand-up comedy routine, which is pretty funny, although I'm going to argue with him a bit on it. So stay tuned for that. Before we get to that, though, I asked you guys for acupuncture pros and cons. I'm going for session number two today. And I'm going to promise to give it 10 sessions, which, hey, at 85 bucks a piece, I mean, that's a big investment, right? A big investment on what could be ancient Chinese pinprick snake oil. Here's a couple. Ron Otten in Palmyra, Virginia. He said, you wanted some experience with acupuncture. Here's my story. I'll try to make it not TLTR. Too long to read. (laughs) I had shoulder pain about five years ago. It was primarily in the shoulder joint bursa area. Very painful at times, especially when trying to lift things over my head. Gradually got to a point where it made me see my primary doc who then prescribed physical therapy and Motrin Advil as needed. I did okay with the PT. It lessened the pain somewhat and slightly improved my arm range. However, the pain was still there. So the next stop was an orthopedic who also recommended never guess PT and Motrin x-rays showed some bone spurs and arthritis. So he also said, well, surgery might be in your future. Well, at that point I was willing to try anything. So off to acupuncture. I went the acupuncturist recommended 10 sessions. And I have to tell you, I was skeptical at best, but as my old buddy from New York said to me, Hey, Ron, can a billion Chinese people be wrong about this? In the beginning, I didn't really notice much difference, and as the sessions counted up to 10, I was thinking this wasn't going to work. Session number eight actually left me in more pain, and I could barely lift my arm above my shoulder height. But then something happened. Sessions nine and 10 removed my pain, and I was able to lift my arm again above my head without pain at all. Basically, I've now been pain-free for five years. I get a twinge every now and then, And I know not to lift any really heavy objects above my head. I was 55 at the time and the acupuncturist recommended I should come back for a few sessions if the pain returned, which it hasn't. So it worked for me and I tell friends that it's worth the try, especially if all else has produced no results. If you decide to move forward with it, I would find out how many sessions they recommend and not stop early. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Your loyal 1% of Ron Otten. Hey, I'm in for 10. I'll give it 10. The fuck? 
This one from, uh, let's see, Jimmy Yanushka, my man Jimmy Y in California. Oh, acupuncture, huh? Give it a shot, but you'll have to go for more than just a few sessions. My wife has had it over the years, and guess what? She still has pain. I've had it myself, but what's worked for me is good old Western medication and drugs. Had asthma since an early age. I outgrew it to a point, but I'm always taking something. Past few years, pain medication helps. Not a change in any diet or holistic herbs. That's BS. Tendonitis in my foot had been killing me for eight months. Foot insoles, walking boot, all these supplements. I gulp. Helped to a, gr- to a degree, but nothing helps more than taking meloxicam and applying Volteron, a topical gel to the area. Both are NSAIDs, and finally my suffering has gone down to almost nothing. Oh, I feel it, but not like I did. Uh, oh, yeah, aren't there a shitload of... Oh, yeah, uh, let's see, that was it from Jimmy Anushka. Thank you. Uh, from Mike Randall, he says, that's the best definition I've heard to describe acupuncture. Snake oil, but admittedly, I'm biased. I'm a biophysicist. Everything I've learned about biology and physics would have to be wrong in order for acupuncture to work. So instead, we can turn to the literature. In a study published by acupuncturists themselves, and he provides links, practitioners don't agree on where needles should be inserted and can't reliably locate points even when they do. A review of acupuncture from earlier this year, again, link and link, failed to show measurable relief from many types of chronic pain. The last article also sheds a little light on this, quote, ancient practice. Sorry if this sounds a bit terse. That's just the scientist in me. Cheers, Mike Randall. And then Paul Knopp from Omaha says, hit a root on a three-iron shot from 190. Stung a bit. Weeks later, I was using my mouse at work and my left hand, in my left hand because my right hand was spent, went to see a Cairo, Zabe. She grabbed my wrist, pulled, pop, pop, pop. My wrist was pain-free the next day. Oh, I'm going to a Cairo next as well. I'm throwing the kitchen sink at this. I'm glad to say I feel better now. Not fully out of the woods by a long shot. It's been five days of gluten-free eating and very low carbs. And I got to believe that is not coincidental with me feeling a lot better. So wish me luck. There's your acupuncture update. Here is a preview of Jason Whitlock, who you'll hear tomorrow for subscribers in a much longer conversation about what is OutKick trying to be, the state of the media industry and sports, and a bunch of other stuff. And this will be the bite that Jayco is going to want to give a vigorous pre-buttle to in just a minute. I used to read blogs all the time, and I find now not so much, and I'm afraid it's my own attention span being chopped down by scrolling media. Where do you see the state of blogging in the sports world? I, I want to be careful because I don't want to fight with all of them or be, but, you know, just keeping it real, the content's just not there. Uh, the writing is poor. It's it's racked with agenda and friendships and relationships. If you remember when blogs started, they were kind of anti-establishment. Right. And then they quickly became the establishment, established friends with everybody in the media and started protecting everybody in the media that they had a relationship with. And, you know, I was a big fan of the big lead early on. And when Jason McIntyre was running it early on 
And then it just kind of morphed into something else. And now, you know, I, I, I literally think that some major agency is in control of the big lead. They pick and choose what content and what people in the media they write and talk about, which ones they ignore. And, you know, it's kind of silly. And I look across the spectrum of all the rest of the sports media bloggersphere and either they're, you know, totally driven by an agenda. It's like the new dead spin is an even worse version oh, God. of, <laughs> of the original. It, it, it's, it's woke in a really harmless way because, I mean, you just don't have to take it seriously. It's not written that well, and it's certainly not smart. And there were times when, you know, Deadspin, even when, you know, I was at war with Deadspin, there would be stuff they would produce that I'd have to tip my hat and say, hey, man, that's a nice piece. That's good. That doesn't happen anymore. And so uh, the blog, I just don't think there's a sports blog out there. And, again, I like Barstool Sports. You know, I love the you know, there's. I'm still stupid and still a dumb jock to some degree, and so you put a smoke show picture up, I'm gonna click. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, but, but if you want, a, you know, something meatier and something that'll, you know, perhaps challenge your thoughts and give you a, a way to look at things in a new way, you know, I think that's where we want to be at Outkick. And now, time for a pre-buttle of tomorrow's Jason Whitlock interview. Hello, sir. How the are you? notorious J-A-Y. Man, that timed out really good. Not just you popping in by answering the phone, totally untimed. Yes. But it all just worked out just right. You, well, you are taking you are taking me away, by the way, from something that is legendary on YouTube and the and the and the interweb. What's Snoop, that? Snoop and DMX are having a rap battle, and it is glorious. <laughs> it is awesome. But it's on it, I, it's on YouTube, so you can watch it yeah, when we're done. You can watch it. You can, I know, okay. I can watch it later. But I was just enjoying myself for the moment. All right. Well, we just heard from Jason Whitlock about what he believes the vision for OutKick is going to be, the new unholy alliance in your eyes of Whitlock and Clay Travis. I gave you a preview copy of the interview. The floor is yours. Good well, set it all. I, I mean, he try, he jumps on... Well, I don't like Barstool either. I, I think it's, it's low-brow, low-hanging fruit. You know, it, it's it's sports for dopes who like, you know, to see naked chicks all the time. That gets old after a while. But he then, he then said he doesn't like the people using uh, the social media as a platform. That's all the fuck you do. <laughs> that is all you do. Is you, your platform, and, and I'm not, no, I am angry at him, but his, his platform is I'm going to play to the Trumpsters. And that's who he plays to. That's his platform. Don't give me no bullshit about you don't have. Yes, you do have a platform. You are placating to white uh, conservatives. That's who you're placating to. And I, I can't you didn't call him on that one. Well, what was I supposed to say, first of all? Well, Jason, aren't you playing to an audience? Yes, you are. 
That I mean, come on. I, I tried to point this out to you every time I say he's my FTG. He's doing an act. It's a it's a grift. He is well, a, he's a he's a huckster. Okay. He doesn't believe the shit he's saying. He's peddling. Did did he uh, did he have a different viewpoint earlier in his career? Because you say yes, he's, you say he did. He, you say he's, yes. He did. Yes. You say you say he's playing to the Trumpsters, but wasn't he this way before? No, 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 he was not. And that I wouldn't call him out if I didn't see a turn. Hmm. He he because he used to I, I he used to uh follow at the feet of Ralph Wiley. And as you and I both know, Ralph Wiley was no conservative. And then all of a sudden he said, wow, I can make a lot of money playing to this audience. And that's what he's been doing. You can be liberal and very much against the current cancer of wokeness, which is metastasizing across America. The standard Democrat Party platform would be unrecognizable today and wouldn't even get a sniff. You know that, Jay. You're in politics. You're a smart guy. Wokeism is different and more... No. Wokeism is more virulent and different than just straight liberalism. Straight liberalism is high taxes, progressive taxes, big government social programs. I was going to say socialism. Basically socialism. Well, a light touch socialism. But it's more governmental stuff. It's not defund the police. It is not trigger warnings. It is not safe spaces. It is not microaggressions. It is not white fragility. All this stuff has gone completely over the edge. Obama's term didn't resemble anything like what is being pushed right now. When I say a grifter, and I've, I've talked about the other one I hate, is Candace Owens. You know Candace Owens won a uh, discrimination case like forty thousand dollars like in two thousand okay did you know, did you know this i <laughs> i didn't oh so so the woman who now says you black people are lazy she got 40 g's by doing by by crying racism well what if uh, well what it's if it's a big grift what it's okay grift. all right all right fair enough let me let me go to this then is it possible that there are genuine black conservatives out there I'm glad you say that. And to let's go to our next story, the Sage Steele story, which I which I sent you. Mm-hmm. Sage Steele is one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my entire life. Not just sweet, but talented, good, smart, yes. tough. Yes, she is a black conservative. She's biracial. Her mom white, dad black, her, dad general way, her, in the her army. Her brother's, a, her brother's a big dick, by the way. I'm oh. going to say that. There <laughs> <Here> we go. <laughs> Is he still the PR director for the Ravens? He's like been knocked down to like number three. Is he no, still the PR guy uh, for the Ravens? By the way, the worst, and it's funny, not that I see color, Is he? But yes, yes. yes oh, but, God damn it. Well, there goes the all my Ravens contacts. Thanks, Jay. But, but it's funny, the, the PR directors that I hate the most are both black, uh, Chad Steele and Tony Wiley. Well, Wiley's out. Oh, Wiley God. got Wiley got out of the ski chalet well before the rumblings of the Redskins avalanche had sort of oh. cascaded through the tree-lined chasms of Ashburn. Tell them who Tony Wiley is. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm, Tony Wiley Tony. is a Tony Wiley is a uh, guy who used to work for the Texans. He did PR for Dan Snyder under the Shanahan regime. I guess yeah. Kyle Shanahan knew him from Texas, from yes. Houston. He was a pleasant fellow, although... <laughs> no, 
was not. Well, he was a pleasant fellow to me. Oh, my God. He was an asshole. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> he was an asshole. Jay is napalming things. Let me put it this way. He was pleasant to me, but he definitely was, he knew how to be an asshole, and he wasn't very sharp at times. For example, one time he replied all on a sensitive email that included like members of the media for some internal issue with the Redskins. And I couldn't believe he didn't get fired for doing it. It was so dumb. Uh, He would often leave on Fridays early, the busiest, most important day of the week in the football season. He would leave and be like, I gotta go to my son's baseball game. And I'm like, must be nice. He's baseball in December. Uh, it was fall. It was like oh, a fall no, league. No, I was being, I was being funny. I was being yeah, funny. right. Ever. No, but it was like a fall league. So, um, and then, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest thing was that with me, he never had a normal conversation with me. Every time he saw me, he was like, Hey, Bill O'Brien, how you doing? Cause he like, you know, saw a lot of Bill O'Brien in me and there's a doppelganger like effect. Okay. Between me and Bill O'Brien. I'm smarter than Bill O'Brien, but that only <laughs> but that only means I'm smarter than a ham sandwich. So it's <laughs> yeah, not bragging. Say, yeah. But as I but, no, no, say, but here's the thing. Here's, feels, right, okay, hold, hold on. Okay. But here's the thing about Wiley. Over time, <laughs> I grew to really lower my opinion of him because he couldn't have a normal professional conversation. And like a lot of guys who just don't get it and are douchebags, the number of things they say versus the number of questions they ask runs about 10 to 1 or greater. So in other words, a normal conversationalist, a normal person is curious when they see somebody, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, simple questions that inquire about your world. Somebody who's wrapped up in themselves, they'll just talk at you. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Bah, 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 bah. Hey, you look like Bill O'Brien. Did, you t- did I tell you that? It's like he told me that every fucking time I saw him at Redskin Park. It got kind of old, Jay. He he could his conversations with you were only like he would talk to you, but he didn't hear what you said. It was just to get to what he had to say next. Not only did he not hear, he didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't but, give a fuck. But like he, I said, like I said, this gets back to him. He was pleasant to me. I was pleasant to him. He's working with the Special Olympics now, so Godspeed, Guy Gazant. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, Jay, here's the difference. Now diff- I feel Jay. bad now. All right, all right. Special Olympics now. No, no, don't feel bad because of that. Here's the thing, Jay. Here's the difference between you and I. And I like this about you, but I'm going to tell you the difference right now. I still have to circulate in the world. That's true. And possibly true. hear from people. Okay. You do not. <laughs> okay, I'm sick. And, well, and that's and great. And that's great because you, people. Blowback? Have you no? I no, no, no okay, not yet, yeah. not yet. Nobody but we'll cares. See. Nobody cares what I say. Well, that's what. Nice. That's the good part. Well, I, I don't know if that nobody cares. But by the way, I like the fact that you'll come in and break kneecaps. That's part of why I love having you. It's part of what okay. our listeners love having you. Is you're a kneecap breaker. Even if they disagree, they like you coming in swinging around like in The Sopranos when they busted up that massage parlor and the poor old lady's <laughs> like, no. Bam, bam, bam. All right, so Sage Steele. So here's the deal. She told the story. Yeah, she was excluded from a post George Floyd town hall discussion with several other black anchors at ESPN because she claims in a Wall Street Journal interview it was Michael Eaves as well as L. Duncan who basically said, "Yeah." She won't be accepted by the black community for her opinions. 
Okay, really, very quick. Michael Lee's. I got to see his card. Oh well, okay. Because <laughs> I, I read the story and I was like, Michael Lee's is all black. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I said that. Swear to God, I said that. Okay. All right, so so she actually it's interesting because she confirmed the story to the Wall Street Journal and pretty much clubbed ESPN in the process. And this is after ESPN has frantically tried to keep its talent from going into politics and race, including Levitard. She said it's sad for all of us for any human being being should be allowed to define someone's blackness growing up biracial in America with a black father and white mother I have felt inequities that many if not all black and biracial people have felt by being called a monkey the n-word having ape sounds made as I walk by words and actions that I all that all of us know sting forever. Most importantly, trying to define who is and isn't black enough goes against everything we are fighting for in this country and only creates more of a divide. Um, I didn't know where I stood on this one because I like Sage. Sage, But Sage has a different view of America than I do. Uh, how about if I leave it right there? Well... Whitlock writes, Steele is also a multiple felon. When interpreting the sports world, she eschews race as her primary lens and instead prioritizes her Christian faith and American patriotism. Her worldview is unique from her black peers who primarily concern themselves with the reaction of Twitter. Well, she also, she's also a military brat, remember, if you remember that. So, right. Again, she has a different view of America than I do. And again, Here's something that I don't know if a lot of your listeners or subscriber knows. Black people are not monolithic, so which I'm sorry, I we're know. not all the same. I know. So well, I don't have to agree with Sage Steele. That's but I know fine. Sage Steele is not fake like Jason Whitlock. That's fine. Well, Whit- Whitlock said Eves and Duncan are the quote light, bright, almost white heirs to the woke throne. Jamel Hill and Michael Smith vacated. Do you think Michael Smith sits in his house <laughs> and says, God damn it, I still have a gig. If this chick wouldn't just shut her goddamn mouth. <laughs> I like See, doing I, the highlights. I like doing the highlights with a splash of black. Jamel Hill is all like, Trump's a racist. And like next thing you know, some, we're on ESPN shit. News. <laughs> she says some stupid shit. Well, I mean, how about how about uh, the fact she said, if, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. Plain and simple. No, no that, other way. I mean, that's just that's there's no common sense to that. Yeah. By the way, I like I like L. Duncan. I love L. Duncan. By the way, uh, got a uh, DUI charge in her past. Oh, OK. I mean, for a Hawks game, which she was working. I, I did. I did a deep dive into L. Duncan. Is yeah. she mixfolks.com? That is a great question. Married to a black dude. But they didn't say what her ethnic. I mean, if her parents are think- Clark and Tony Duncan. I'm going to say she's mixed folks. Her parents are of different races. Yes. Okay. Well, can you and so, Whitlock find common ground in that he called them the the white, the light, white, white, no, the, what did he call Light, bright, white heirs, almost white or something like that. Wait a I don't think they do shows together, do they? Uh, no, but I, I, he was just I saying, know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. The heirs light, bright, to, yes. light, bright, he said. Yes. By the way, if this remember is... Remember the game Light Bright? I do remember the game Light Bright. Yeah. Uh, L. Duncan is not only beautiful, stunning, but sporty. And you know what? She's got fucking game. And Yes, she does. Yes. And by this file photo of ESPN in a sweater, fucking bombs. I mean... 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. That's what. That's the look when we see somebody. I said um, she was talented and good, and I'm not going to relinquish my manhood by ignoring the fact that kapow, it's there. That's the when 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 I see Diana Rossini on TV, I don't think about her journalistic integrity. I just go, this is one of the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my entire life. And she is. You think Rossini is elite? Oh, yes, Lord. Are you kidding? No. Even in A cups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. We well, we have a different scouting service. Okay. We have different scouting if, services. If Aaron Judge so. couldn't hit for power, is he still a great player? <laughs> <laughs> or is he a big tall singles hitter? <laughs> You look oh, for the shit. home run. I look for on base percent. <laughs> well, there's uh, definitely a lot of ways to measure it. Okay. I want to play <laughs> this uh, Roy Wood thing because you brought it up oh. to me. It's pretty damn God. funny, but God. I got, I got some issues. I got to, I got to, I got to challenge you on with this, but here we go. This is Roy Wood talking about music and black folks. Yes. Just don't be one of these people that's surprised that black folks got issues. Then the people I can't deal with. I'd rather talk to somebody that don't agree with me than somebody that's had their eyes closed. How did you know black people? Why are black people angry? We've been angry. I like how he slips in a motherfucker without saying motherfucker. You know, he check swings it at the last second. This This is comedy central. Yeah. You think this just happened last couple of years? Black folks been trying to tell y'all forever that they had some issues and we sat, we invented the blues. (laughs) (laughs) Invented. What more sign that you need? We literally invented an entire genre of music based on sadness. That's how sad. <laughs> we, we, the blues was created here. That is an American art form. Is that true? True. Very true. African, yes. You go listen to old African music. The shit is happy because we was free. <laughs> Come back. Every old African song. There had to be a few sad songs in Africa. What were they sad about? I don't, well, they didn't know any exactly. better. Exactly. So they weren't sad. Hold that Soon thought. As we got off the slave ship. <laughs> We've been sad. How the hell are you surprised? They're not patriotic. The black people don't like the national anthem anymore. <laughs> ain't no shock to you, man. You want to know what black folks feeling? Just listen to their music. Our music tell you everything that's going on in the black psyche. It's a beautiful telegram. And nowhere in the history of black music is there a hit patriotic song. Very true. Although, I mean, hold that thought. I mean, we'll cover a song, but like, we don't write no original patriotic song. Black artists ain't no- uh, By the way, Ray Charles' America the Beautiful, is that not an original song? Or no. is that a cover? That's a cover. Who wrote America the Beautiful? Somebody in 18 whatever. Got- but Ray Charles, just, Ray Charles sang the just, fuck he, out of it. He just does the best version ever made. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Uh, when he, he talks about the Lee Greenwood song, that's the song I think they play in my version of Hell. It's coming. I hate no, okay, I hate no song coming. more than this. Yeah. Relationship with the country. You can't write no honest 
patriotic song, you got to leave that to white artists. They ain't had a good time. <laughs> you know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> you had a good time in America? You're damn right. You should be writing the Patriotic and I'm proud to be in America where serious. You couldn't possibly expect that level of patriotism from a race of people that have so many issues. You can't. It's not realistic. Black people don't. We don't sing about America. We sing about specific cities where you can have a good ass time. <laughs> now this is damn funny right here. This is good. We don't talk about the country. We can tell you where the party at, though. We can do that. Look, I can't tell you nothing about America, but let me tell you about the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the early morning. <laughs> Welcome to Miami. That's where you got to go. What song was that? Welcome to Miami, Will Smith. California, boy. Got it. Well, California knows how to party. The city of L.A., the city of good old Watts, and the city of Compton. They keep it rocking. Write that shit down. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Snoop and Tupac. That's Snoop and Tupac? Yes. Now, by the way, if you, ever, if you have him on again, Roy Wood is a, uh, a comedian who happens to be black. He is not a black comedian. He can play different kind of rooms. There are certain black comedians who can only play the Def Jam room. Interesting. Roy, Roy Wood can do anything. Well, I mean, you know, Roy has been a listener and of my show and as a friend of the show and even showed up at Zay Vegas one year. Well, he is he is a he's one of the most underrated comedians because he's great on the Daily Show. Okay. He's funny as hell. By the way, the, uh, the 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 chicken war conspiracy little thing he that did was, that was just, that was one screaming. Of the I mean, yeah. I'm dying just listening to it because of the stupid sandwiches. <laughs> the chicken coalition is what he called it. Look yes. it up on YouTube. Roy Wood Chicken Coalition, where they're all like, "Hey man, what's going on with this new Popeyes chicken?" <laughs> KFC's like, "Man, I've been working these streets forever. Now suddenly Popeyes <laughs> got the best damn chicken around. Something ain't right." <laughs> Black people don't do patriotism. Maybe Georgia on my mind. That's the closest we probably come. Maybe that. Maybe that. That's a good song. It's warm. It's about the country. Ray Charles, Georgia on my mind. Good song. But the key word in that song is on my mind. (laughs) Ray Charles was just thinking about Georgia. He didn't tell you to go there. 
Georgia's like every other part of the South. It's got some pockets you should not be in after dark. If you'd have asked Ray Charles to be more specific on where in Georgia to go, <laughs> he'd have said, go to Atlanta where the players play and they ride on them things like every day. What song Outcast. is that? Outcast. Outcast. Okay. Yes. Thank okay, you. For, what, thank you for helping black explain this to me. I feel yes. much better. Yes. I'm like the, I'm like the cop, the black cop in uh, Stanford and Son. Where they, yeah. 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 Right. Um, so what is your problem with what he said? I, Hold I on, I'm not done. I, we got we got like another minute. Let's just walk okay. through this last minute. It's funny. It's okay. a good. It's a great set, by the way. My uncle Derek trying to shut me down on that one. <laughs> what about James Brown living in America? <laughs> James Brown singing about America is original and he black. Living True. in America. <laughs> It's a good song, but keep it real, man. James Brown wrote that song for Rocky IV, and as soon as he finished singing it, Apollo Creed died in the ring. It's a sad song. It's a sad song. How can you here living in America not think about Apollo Creed just falling lifeless? To the- <laughs> Michael B. Jordan lost his daddy that day. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> If anything, living in America is not patriotic. It's the opposite. It's a secret message to black people. James Brown is one of the most masterful musicians to ever walk this earth, dude. It's a brilliant song. That song ain't got nothing to do with America. That entire song, living in America, is a secret message to black folks. All you gotta do, listen to the end of the song. Very end of living in America. All James Brown do is just start naming cities. (laughs) That's it. End of the song. Living in America, New Orleans, Detroit City, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Atlanta. He's just naming safe places for black folks. (laughs) Very, very funny. Okay. Let me just ask this, Jay. How in this current day and age are black people not free in america he didn't say free he okay. said patriot i can I, and here's why i agree with that i can tell you the exact moment where i lost all of my patriotism so it's about 2004 and my grandfather who at that time was 90 we started playing golf all like every other day and I remember one day I said, Papa, tell me about the war. Because he was in World War II. He was actually a lieutenant in World War II. And because I, I never asked story. This is right. No, well, maybe not. It was right after a war movie came out. And I wanted to know something about the war. And he said, this is the one story I'm going to tell you. He said, in France, he said, uh, we were, it was like three or four black soldiers in France. And he said, uh, white soldiers would cross the street just so they didn't have to salute them. That's racist as fuck. And I was like, I, it made me so angry. Because, by the way, he, he joined an army that didn't want him at first. But then was like, okay. He, he joined an army that excluded him. Let me say that the third time. He joined an army right. to fight a war I know. that excluded him, and that's why I kind of lost all my patriotism. So you I, lost your patriotism. Story. Did your pop-pop lose his? 
You know what? No, he didn't. And it's funny because and, and, and I, did I he have an explanation it. for that? Why they would not salute him? No, for why no, that he, he incident didn't. did not cause him to lose his patriotism. No, he didn't. And to, I mean, he was like, he loved everyone. He was the only person he ever, he he ever hated was Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> well, that's some black on black crime. <laughs> that's black on black. But that is that that made me so angry that I I literally lost ninety percent of my. Like I'm still patriotic when the dream team plays somebody. I hear you, but but that made me lose <laughs> every right. ounce of my patriotism. Well, doesn't having had a black president, a black Supreme Court justice, attorney general, senators, ex- a, the a, most? Why do we need to have a? It should it should be it should be more than a. So I'm listening to CBS Sports Radio. And they have a new nighttime host who took over for Scott Farrell. I can't remember his name, but I was driving. And I was like, "God damn, he sucks." But, I'm happy, <laughs> but wait a minute. But I'm happy that he got the he got the privilege to be on to suck. You know, does that make any sense? What because I mean? why? Glad, no, no, no. I'm glad that he is that they they gave him a shot. Why are you glad? Because, no, because that shows that they're, they're they're thinking outside the box in CBS Sports Radio. The guy sucks, but I'm no, but glad they have what's, a black what's, guy. Oh, oh, you didn't say he was a black guy or I didn't hear oh, that. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, that, that, okay. I was like, you know, he sucks, but I'm glad but that he's he black. has the opportunity okay. to suck. Yeah. Okay. Sucks, well, though. okay. So here's my next question. It is vitally important for everyone in America of all races, uh, but especially of white people, to find out how can we get black people to buy in and feel like, okay, now, I can buy into America as still the greatest place in the world to live, even with all her flaws. Because at some point along the way here, the grievances have got to heal and we've got to move forward as a nation. Well, until they like in like how they did it in South Africa, the South African majority white people. Well, wait a I'm not even sure if it's, it's the ruling party. They literally said, here are all our faults. Here's what we did. We're sorry. That has never happened in the United States. And I don't think it ever will happen in the United States. That's you why you don't no, think you don't think no. the legislation passed and the civil rights movement and other initiatives and the programs and the money and everything else that has no. been poured into uh, fixing racial injustice is not equivalent of yes, we know this is wrong, and of course we're sorry and we're trying to fix it. No. No. Do you just but want you know a symbolic? Why? You just want a symbolic? I'm sorry. You know why it'll never happen? Because Strom Thurmond got elected like for 50 years. So that pretty yeah. much shows me. Well, yeah. There's how about Jesse? Jesse Helms kept winning races. Two Republicans. How about all the Democrats that are former Klan members? You know that the Democrats. Well, well, the, 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 Democrats the are the party the of slavery. You know that. The Dixiecrats. Yes. By the well, way, Lynch, that's where the Democrats know. came from. I know. What I'm saying yes, but. Just because they were, and well, the only reason that uh, the party that, that black people were Republicans because of Lincoln. They thought Lincoln was this great. By the way, Lincoln, huge racist. Well, everybody why, but, was racist back then. 
It was that's a world. It, it doesn't make me like eat it any better. That doesn't make well, it taste okay. any better. Well, okay. Well, okay. Well, then you know what? You, then you're never going to taste history properly because you are expecting from people <laughs> of an era. That, I'm serious, Jay. You and anyone that thinks that way will never be able to appreciate history as it existed because the world was different. It just was. It doesn't make it right. You're applying modern, advanced thinking to what was a different world. But see, I I can't think that because there are certain people, like the people, the the white people who fought for civil rights, got their asses whooped on buses and and, then, and like those. There are some. John Brown. You know Mm -hmm. the story about John Brown, right? Yeah. I'd say one of the greatest white men who ever lived. Okay. Said, said, you know what? I hate slavery. I'm just going to kill a bunch of people because I hate it so much. (laughs) It got got massacred by the Union Army. I mean, it's it's just, I can't accept. That's why I remember one day I was, was me, you, and Andy were all sitting together. And we were talking about Bear Bryant. And I, I just can't get past this Bear Bryant. Everybody's like, well, he wasn't that bad. He just couldn't integrate at that time. Well, if he was such a badass, yes, he could have. Yeah. He was like the biggest man in the state next to George Wallace. If he wanted to integrate, he could have integrated. But then I heard I've heard people say Bear Bryant helped out a lot of black players. And so I, I don't know. I'm conflicted on that. All right. But I, I just can't accept that's how it was. That that just that just bugs me. All right. Uh, by the way, what about Kanye saying Harriet Tubman didn't free any slaves? <laughs> that, that guy literally is and, he his his medication <laughs> needs to be calculated. All right, so what's going on with Yeezy? Give me give me Kanye one on one. I don't I mean, I really think he's going insane because he said that uh he's going to divorce Kim. Something about uh he wanted her to get an abortion. He's literally lost it. Yeah. It's uh, I, I, why do you, why do you think it is? I compared him to Antonio Brown, who of course announced his quote retirement this week, and, and I said and nobody cared. By the way, nobody really cared. And I said, would Antonio Brown and Kanye West just be normal, mostly stable celebrity athletes if not for social media? Has social media did. hacked their brains? Has it ruined them? Has it destabilized them? I think there's a strong case to be made that yes, it has because. Antonio Brown could just be making money still in the NFL as a badass wide receiver if he just had no idea what social media was. He, uh, I think, do you think he kind of knows that he's not going to be let back into the league and that he's going to get like an eight-game suspension? Uh, Perhaps. But I think what happens with Antonio Brown is he does some dumb shit that's wrong in a sports sense, like, you know, be subversive with the Raiders on his first day, right? Right. And he starts sort of acting up and being a bit of a diva. And his bosses and the ecosystem of his job say, "Mm -mm, we can't have this. But then social media has many people flood through his mention saying, I still love you. You're right. And it emboldens guys to think, yeah, fuck that. The rules don't apply to me. I'm right. Look at all these people saying I'm right. They're right here on my phone. He, uh, I feel sorry for him, but then I'm like, mm, not fuck really. him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, couple other things, real quick, before we get to FTG. 
Couple other things here. Uh, what is the best TV sports invention in the last twenty years? I gave four choices today on my poll oh. question. First in first down line in football, shot tracer in golf, the fox box or strike zone in baseball, or the spider cam that hovers over the field and the court in sports. Wait a minute, you just you didn't put instant replay on there? No, because it's been the worst thing for <laughs> sports. <laughs> I will put the first down line and i'll say this because i remember being at a game and not even thinking i was like how's that not a first down where's the line mm-hmm. oh i'm at a game so I, I think the first down line i'll all give right. it to the first down line all right but a lot of people think you should know watching on tv where a first down is basically no okay well oh, okay yeah okay. i think uh-huh. shot tracer in golf for us golf nerds is so hypnotic to watch and so fantastic that it's hard to even watch golf without shot tracer you go, oh, oh, that was a shot I just saw and no tracer on it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I admitted today on my morning show, I said, I think I got a thing for Ghislaine Maxwell. Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like. She's literally the most horrible woman. No, 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 no. Stripped of her evil deeds. Just her look. Now she's fifty. She's fifty-eight, which makes her age appropriate for me. I think there's something about her that's a little bit mm, intriguing. Am I crazy? Yes, she's Hitler's girl. She's Eva Braun. (laughs) She's Eva Braun. I said, strip it out for God's sakes. I'm saying, as far as a, I'm sorry, saying as far as a straight up look, is she pretty? For a that, middle-aged gonna, woman, older I'm middle-aged need woman. Some therapy to get past. I, I can't. <laughs> speaking, I mean, speaking. I know I'm about to get the FTG. Did you see the story about the three people in Florida that killed these other three people? Two guys and a girl killed these three dudes on like, a dirt massive. road. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Did you, did you, uh, Why? Did you read? And nobody knows. Well, no. I think they got an idea. And after they were Florida. done killing, they, they went in order. Florida's they the north. idea. That's why they okay. think they the motive is Florida. Gonna happen. Oh, God. All right, so after, yeah, you're going to save further details? No, no, no. I was saying, and after they, you know, killed them, they went to McDonald's and ordered a shitload of burgers and chicken sandwiches. Well, you're hungry after killing somebody. It's I, a lot of work, I, you know, especially they're beat, they beaten to death. Ghislaine, Ma- oh, my God. Okay. That's, that might, that's a, you know what? That's why you are you. You can have that take. And don't get two shits. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'd be scared so, like shit to even. Okay. She's literally the worst woman on the face of the earth. Bro, right? Bro, I'm stripping away what she did. I'm telling. I know you can't do I, you it. Know what? I'm just saying. I watched the documentary. That's why I okay. watched it on, on Netflix. So okay. that's. I'm just that's saying. Why I think she's horrible. I'm just saying her look. Her look. That's okay. all. all right. Um. A. Uh, well, we're talking about fucked up shit. How about the funeral in Chicago for a shooting victim? in which the attendees came armed and yet were still ambushed during the event, 15 people shot. Total carnage. That sounds like a that's something from a, a, an 89 movie. Colors. That happened in colors. Yeah, exactly. But hey, wear your mask in public because the coronavirus. Fucking Chicago. <laughs> Get out of my face with that shit. Uh, bubble basketball. Do you see any of it today, the first games? I watched uh, about eight minutes, and I saw it was the Wizards playing <laughs> the Nuggets. All right, are you do you do you follow Worldwide Wob on Twitter? I do not. 
Oh, you should look no him up. No need to. Yeah, he's great. 70, is it better than 70 sports? Which it's is the best it's as good. It's as okay. good. Oh, basically, okay. Worldwide Wob is just a big hoop junkie. He's a white guy, but he's in California. Follows the NBA like crazy. And he's, you know, one of these 30-something pickup basketball guys. So it's not like he's just a fat slob that likes the NBA. And he's funny as shit. He had tweets today. I'll give you a couple. He said, if the Wizards went straight from the gym to the airport after this, nobody would blame them. <laughs> <laughs> then there's I knew this bubble restart would be weird but not let Mason Plumley call his own plays weird <laughs> wait a minute he's still in the lead yes and oh. he was part of the following lineup for the Nuggets you ready 7 foot Nikola Jokic who has slimmed down since quarantine looks wonderful 6 8 Jeremy Grant Seven oh. foot two bowl bowl who is playing point today. Paul Millsap at six seven and Mason Plumley at six eleven. Read it and weep. Six seven, six eight, seven foot, seven two, six eleven. And then the Wizards in the backcourt in the backcourt had Ish Smith. <laughs> I know it. Ish and Smith and like, Ike Bonga. Oh my God! I was like, "Well, they don't care." Uh, Daryl really don't care. The uh, someone tweeted Daryl Morey about to have an anxiety attack because they showed the starting lineup and the size, and of course, Morey and the Rockets have gone super small ball. So I don't know if the two meet in the playoffs. It'll be interesting. And then there's this: uh, the Nets bubble team says Wob a worldwide Wob is the guys at the park who keep calling next, but can't get anybody to play with them, play with them. so they just <laughs> end up running together. <laughs> I've seen those guys. You want to run? Nah, I'm good. I, I'm waiting. I've got some buddies coming. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the Worldwide Wob. I'm good. I'm good. Worldwide Wob. Okay, you ready to wrap this up today, Jay? Oh, I sure am. All right, here we go. Stand by. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, who you got? Laura Ingram. Okay. Okay, so Laura Ingram, and this is uh, one of your favorite guests and slowly back into my good graces. So Greg Doyle wrote this tweet. Uh, he said he was talking about carnivorous, uh, the carnivorous, uh, of course, virus. We don't have enough tests for the living or body bags for the dead. But sports in America forged ahead. Beats being bored to death, huh? Laura Ingram saw that and wrote to him and said, more left-wing propaganda by the sports media. To which Doyle responded to her, new phone, who dis? It was funny as fuck. I'm sorry. Just shut her right up. Yeah, go on and tell your little boy Problem is, Doyle is wrong. We have plenty. <laughs> well, I mean, if you care about facts, Jay, we have plenty of tests, and we're not going to need body bags. This so is part. Are aren't, aren't dying by? Aren't, aren't, aren't no, they're really? not. So, what numbers are you getting that I'm not getting? How many people died in Florida today? I, I haven't. Well, what's you know the what? seven day? Let's, what's the seven day average in the state of Florida? What's the, pop, the what's the population the of the CDC. state? Well, Let you know, I'm not, yeah, no, 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 no. I can give you those basic numbers because I'm following it. You're shooting off your ass right now. I'm not shooting off my ass. I saw yesterday Florida had like 30,000 people 
in intensive they're running out of hospital beds. No, they're space. not running out of oh. hospital beds. I can I can give you the data if you want it. You are being fed a bunch of fucking lies by the mainstream media. I'm oh, telling you. Data did you just Florida mainstream media. Yep. Did you just throw that out? Yeah. They want this thing to keep going. They need it to keep going. You know that, Jay. You're smart. You know that. I'll send you the numbers on Florida's ICU capacity, which is virtually unchanged from three weeks ago at about 22%. It's hard for me to They have a rolling seven-day average of less than 100 deaths per day in a state of 20 million people, and nobody knows if those deaths are with COVID or because of COVID. And, and they're and they're backfilling they're backfilling deaths, the CDC, from weeks ago and pouring them into today. The actual died today numbers in Florida and other states, a fraction of what you see because they're going back and they're looking at everything on a death certificate. And if you classify them as COVID, you get a bonus for the hospital. Money, money, money. It's hard for me to believe that all these other countries who locked everything down and we didn't lock everything down and people Jay, are still getting Jay, sick. Jay, Sweden didn't, didn't lock anything down at all. But, I'm telling but, you, I, I could, see, I could I really get you up to speed. Way. Next week, I'll get you up to speed on all this. Could uh, be painful, who's your, though. Who's your, no, it's who's your FTG. Go ahead. Uh, it's for anyone who wears a mask and a selfie. Fuck off. <laughs> What Seriously, I don't care. The, what about the woman with the bear? Did you see that one? Yeah, that was fine. But mass okay. selfies can go fuck off. Jay, I love you. I'll talk to you next week. See you, bud. Bye-bye now. We will end on some usual topics and a few odds and ends. We'll start with some Rona talk. While Dr. Fauci, America's anointed, can't-be-wrong celebrity epidemiologist, is throwing out the first pitch, at Nats Park tonight. Remember, there are thousands of other epidemiologists, infectious disease doctors, pandemic modelers, biostatisticians out there. Many of them have wildly different takes than Dr. Fauci, and many of them are able to present what they know, very complex subjects, in a very clear way to the average layman like me or you. And I was thinking my list of other thinkers, just a couple of them you might want to follow, read, or Google include Michael Olsterholm, University of Minnesota. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. You can look that up on YouTube. Very interesting. Johan Gusecki, Sweden's former head of their infectious disease department and trained as such in Stockholm. He's the guy that's been saying to Australia, hey, you're doing a great job stamping down that coronavirus. What's your long game? You're going to stay closed for 30 years? Oh, by the way, Japan is now seeing another outbreak, in part because they did so good stomping it down. And if Japan ever wants to have foreign visitors again, which I think they do, their economy is highly dependent upon it, they've got to start rethinking this. Michael Levitt, a American-British-Israeli-South American biophysicist and a professor of structural biology at Stanford, He has been great on this as well. Oxford University's Sunetra Gupta, professor of theoretical epidemiology, had some interesting comments. She said, there's an essential sense of contamination that pervades everything. You see repeatedly people reacting with total vitriol to pictures of young people going to the park 
or the beach. I would interject here, sort of a collective, ew, ah. In fact, a number of governors have specifically called out young people and said, they're going out to bars too much. They're partying too much. They're not taking this seriously. Well, Dr. Gupta says it's because you're thinking about it all wrong. Viruses, including this one, are part of our world. We live with them. We interact with them. This is not an external thing. She says, how do you transform a collective sense of contamination into sin and something turn it instead into something productive? She said, it's very difficult. I think there's nothing to do except remind people that it's not only puritanical, but misguided to tut-tut others in this way. Because actually the only way we can reduce the risk to the vulnerable people in the population is for those of us who are going to acquire herd immunity to do just that, acquire herd immunity. Maybe the way to counter it now, she says, is to say not only is it a good thing for young people to go out there and become immune and mix and socialize, but that it's almost their duty to society to do so. She said it's a way of living with this virus, not stamping it out. It's how we live with other viruses. She also went on to say, basically, look, we're looking at life and death in a very myopic way. Only concerned about, my God, I can't die. I might die. The chances of me dying, I don't know what they are, but it seems like with all the media, I might die. What about living? What about living? How long do you want to put living on hold for fear of dying? Fascinating comments. Oxford's Sunetra Gupta, professor of theoretical epidemiology, in a million years, could you imagine a politician or someone who's an appointed doctor who is not throwing out the first pitch tonight saying something like that here in America? Nope, can't see it either. Finally, story of the year, possibly man brazenly steals three-foot dildo, and it's caught on video. He's wearing a mask, so he might get away with it. Of course, who doesn't go into a sex shop wearing a lot of stuff? Big pulled-up collar, plain black jacket, hat pulled down over your eyes, sunglasses. (laughs) Apparently, this $1,200 three-foot, 40-pound dong named Moby Dick was on the floor as a display item, even though you could buy it for $1,200, and this guy just picked it up, slung it over his shoulder like it was a bag of sackcrete at Home Depot and said, you're with me, leather. And that's a Chris Berman reference you either laughed at or are going to have to Google. That'll be a wrap for today. Thank you to Notorious J.A.Y. Tomorrow, my conversation with Jason Whitlock of OutKick. I think you'll like it. Subscribers will get it. You can too. $5 a month. Gets you five days, not four days of this podcast. And you can pay for the entire year in one fell swoop. You get a one-month discount on that. Plus, you get this delivered to any platform, minus a couple that you want. And I appreciate everybody who contributes. It really, really makes me feel good. And I want to keep on doing this and keep raising the bar and raising the bar. 
Thanks for listening. Have a great Thursday. Welcome back, sports. And we will see you tomorrow.